Take a deep breath. No, not in your musty dorm room or your dim abattoir of an apartment. Go outside and take a deep breath. That revitalizing buzz your brain is feeling is what happens when your lungs are filled with fresh air. Unless you're packed tightly in sometimes sunless urban environments, sorry, Beijing, the air is one of those natural phenomena of our planet that is equal parts greatly appreciated and widely taken advantage of. Earth Day is our global attempt to make us aware of our lack of reverence for all the tiny scientific miracles that keep us humans moving and shaking every day. The tech industry is often looked at as a natural order of Earth's antithesis. Cold steel and plastic precision versus that don't don't hurt organics. Many of industrialization's biggest milestones were developed with a singular purpose of refusing natural limitations, allowing us to move faster than we normally could, communicate over vast distances, and even fly. But not every facet of the digital age has been so oppressively unnatural. For the most part, the video game industry loves Mother Earth. And our games often involve us saving it from doom or simply basking in its wonder. Let me count the ways. We love Earth's natural benevolence. Harvest Moon is a game about farming, maybe the most spiritual example of human-planet harmony. Making a living growing crops and raising livestock harkens back to a time when we used to be much more in tune with where we got our food and how it was produced. This series has a cheerful, light-hearted focus on the terrestrial miracle of life. It has had a rich cult following since 1996. Gamers love gardening, especially when it involves little actual gardening. That game company is often making Earth's elemental wonders not only a focal point in their game, but a primary mechanic. Flow casts you as a microorganism, with the overarching goal to consume your peers and evolve up the food chain. Earth is still astounding, even on a cellular level. Flower made you the wind, letting you carry flower petals over rolling plains toward the horizon or through urban sprawl. Genova Chen's purpose with the game's simple design was to make it easy to have an emotional response to nature's wonder, or in some spots, lack thereof. Journey experiments with human isolation in Earth's most treacherous and desolate areas. Like vast deserts, deep oceans, and tall mountains, every game in this little spiritual trilogy paid particular focus to Earth's built-in beauty by making you part of its majesty. defend Earth from herself. As much as games love Earth, there always seems to be something out there that doesn't love our planet the same way we do. Many times, the threats to Earth come from within the planet itself. Though technically from space, the Chimera from the Resistance series remain mostly subterranean since their arrival to our planet hundreds of years prior. It was only during the Second World War that the aliens would make their presence known and attempt to make both Earth and its inhabitants their own. The Locusts tried to take Earth from the inside out as well, but the thick-necked cogs from the Gears of War series weren't having it. 
as there aren't many moments to sit and really appreciate the prize for which we're fighting in those games, we always knew that it was for the Big Blue Rock and its potential to be more than just a husk of nutrients for alien teeth. don't just give it to Earth-centric intruders. The space-faring kind often underestimate the lengths we'll go to keep Mother Earth safe. You think the Reapers in Mass Effect 3 expected humans to put up the fight they did against the fleet of the universe's reset button? Harbinger should have thought a little harder about bringing the fight to us when it met Shepard. Even when we left home for the Citadel, we knew that there was no place like it. In a sci-fi world featuring a wide rainbow of aliens, humans, and Earth still remained a fascinating mystery to our galactic peers. Even when space threats try to conquer us by less straightforward means, our love for the Third Rock steals our resolve. When a passing comet spelled potential doom for the planet in Illusion of Gaia, young Will and his friends, thanks to the guidance of the mysterious spirit Gaia, traveled to Earth's many old landmarks, the Egyptian pyramids or Angkor Wat to name a few, to find a way to stop it. When the veil was lifted and Gaia's quest was revealed to be an elaborate plan to subvert us into destruction, we sent the evil comet writer packing. Earth doesn't always need our help, though, as game developers have often chided. Final Fantasy VII teaches us that with the right push, the planet will defend itself from utter tragedy. While simple evolution has been deemed the culprit of the Cordyceps outbreak in The Last of Us, there may be an acceptable argument for Earth reacting in its own personal interests. Suddenly, cordyceps began to infect us instead of just the insects it normally infects. A plague would soon result, rendering us mindless and feral, unable to drill or pollute the land anymore. Earth? Pretty badass. But gamers, we already knew that. Many of our favorite games involve saving it or watching it save itself, or generally just taking in its wonders. We give respect and reverence where it's due, even if we don't always spend great deals of time in tents, fishing its lakes, or climbing its trees. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another of the best of reads, discussions, I am Alex O'Neill, and unlike literally all the other ones, uh, we are. I'm not joined by uh, Jared Green, the person who just read and wrote the article. I'm instead joined by once again Logan Wilkinson. Hey, that's me. Hello, hello. How you doing, Alex? Hi, Logan. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We've done a lot of these. Yeah, I'm gonna be. <laughs> we're at the end of the finish line, though. We're literally recording this one as some of them are already going live. So we're definitely. Yeah, this is the end. We're at Which the end is good. I, I'm gonna. Because what some of we recorded like last December or whatever, so it's it's gonna have, be good to have I was, like one in the group that's like recent. I was listening to the one that me and Jared did for the housemark piece, and that one was done I think like President's Day this year, and I was like, huh, we've been doing these for a while. We've been uh... working on that project. We've been putting work, but you and me specifically, as we we're scheduling them and, yes. and getting them ready, have done a lot of these. Yeah. 
It's the last one. Is it? The last one to be recorded. Bittersweet. Um, the s- second to last one to go up live. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a good listen, I think. I agree. We are, so the big thing, Jared's not here. He wrote this. Mm-hmm. He's a little down on it, I would say. He says he does not love this piece. He doesn't love Earth I anymore. I don't like to mention that out because I feel like that's I, I feel like Jared does enjoy this piece to what for what it is, but yes. like maybe he just didn't think he had a lot he could say about it. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel like you and I have a lot we can yeah. say about just about anything. Yeah, it's very much true. <laughs> just just don't get us going and yeah. we won't stop, you know what I mean? <laughs> um so one so the the idea like part of like what I wanted to set this up with is like as quote unquote the editor in chief a hardy har whatever um <laughs> i i like that one jared is just a flex machine mm. uh so he has written all different kinds of articles yeah. for rationalpatch.com but a lot of us have written all different kinds of articles me especially having been doing it for 9 years i i have written many different kinds of things with many different people uh like collaborative type things uh, and there's not a lot of like m- kind of written to be funny pieces yeah. on irrational passions, um, but Jared has done most of them, I would mm-hmm. say, and I think all of his are great. Yes, uh, this one in particular is just very—it's very jolly. It's—it's it's very like no no one is hurt by this. This is just a fun, funny Earth Day relating to video games read. It's. I love the piece too because for me it's that thing of yeah it's like it's like almost like the opposite of what Jared's kind of usual demeanor is too right where it's like usually mm-hmm. Jared is kind of this like I think a bit more like not reserved but like kind of like stone faced and kind of serious and this kind of front on and this is just like a very much like a celebration of like goofiness and silly and kind of lightheartedness and just like point of like hey like we love to save the earth a lot and like the earth is kind of rad guys like don't forget and i don't know like it's funny too that like it's not one of jared's like most most favorite pieces he selects it obviously but like not one of his most favorites because like on the other hand of the spectrum it was one of like the three or four pieces on the best of list that was like unanimously chosen by everybody else like me you and george all were like this piece is great like we love it like it definitely should go on the list and he's the one yeah. guy being like i don't know maybe maybe not and it's like i think <laughs> also, which is like, also very typical jared I want to point out that, like, one of Jared's most incredible... Pe- I was just thinking about this today. We had to pick 10. We had to narrow it down to 10. This is, like, one of Jared's most, like, poignant pieces he's ever written, like, fixing gaming's uh, blacklessness mm-hmm. is not on the best of list. Which he's like, argued, yeah. He's- <laughs> I think he specifically argued, like, this over that, but it was, like, a matter of, well, we want to have... Everyone wants to be on it and also, like, balance the tone of it. Yeah. And I think, like, Jared's written so many funny pieces, like... yeah. He's written many scathingly funny yes. reviews. Oh my god! <laughs> One in particular, I also positioned to be on this list, yep. but we chose not to. There are um, no reviews in the list, too. It should be mentioned. Yeah, uh, there was only a couple up for mm-hmm. for possibility, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, we picked features. Um, but yeah, this is it's a funny piece. Yeah, I was reading it. We rereading it for when we were going to talk about it and i was just laughing at it because yep. it's just it's just very fun it's so Jarrett. like you you talk about it, it's very like not like Jarrett to be so optimistic but like it you read it and you're like jesus christ this is this is the most Jarrett has ever gone into a piece i think 
at least his humor. The final image of the piece, at the, after he's done everything else, and just the image of Ryan Gosling with mm-hmm. Hey Mother Earth, I respect you. <laughs> I respect you. It's one of the funniest things I think I've and it's ever put on a rashpassions.com. It's so fucking like such at the very end of that, you see that face and it's so good. And like, I don't know, like it is that thing of like, cause I, I feel like like me, you and like George and like the rest of the kind of the IP team, I think know how like wickedly funny Jared is. Right. But like, I do think mm-hmm. that like, that's something that's maybe like underappreciated by like kind of people who just like read his. If like, you follow him on Twitter, I feel like you know how funny he is. He is a very you, good tweeter. If you just read his articles, or if you just listen to him like on input, even right, like he like I think it's much more kind of peeled back or like read his articles anywhere else. And like yeah, Twitter definitely the IP extra live chat a hundred percent. And then yeah, mm-hmm. like in like in person, like in Slack every day, like Jared is just like absolutely one. Like he. We make the joke all the time that, like, Mike is the guy who has, like, the perfect punchline. He can just say one word and just, like, kill room. But that, like, yes. that's been Jared's thing for, like, years, too. Where, like, Jared can just say, like, one thing, right? Like, he doesn't need a full, like, five-minute act to, like, me or you do to get to the point of where, like, punch out of a story. He's not George and how, like, George's humor works. Like, he just can walk in, say one word, and then walk out and have the entire room in stitches. And, like, this piece is, like, him being, like, all right, you want to give me a full-fledged, like, comedy set? I'll kill it and he just kills it <laughs> yeah. throughout like it's so good and he brings up a lot of good points that's the like, thing too that's the irony of it like i think uh a lot of i would say a majority of jrpgs mm. are about saving the planet right like it just so happens that most video games happen to be about <laughs> saving planet, one thing planet yeah earth uh, and, and like some of the examples he brings up, like, uh, obviously far, farming sims like Harvest Moon and now like a more modern example would be like Stardew Valley, which this came out before Stardew Valley. Just for like, mm-hmm. yeah, this, point is, of this is the oldest piece in the entire list, by the way. Five and a half years yeah. ago. This was posted almost. 2014. Um, and, uh, like, yeah, but Harvest Moon and like all the farming type games, like you think farming simulator, things like that, uh, and then also just how most action games, like, I, I think he mentions Gears of War in here at some point. He definitely mentions Resistance, does, yeah. like, fighting back against Earth and, like, defending against from threats within, right? Like, I love it. I love how the point at the end of this is like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a very frequently revisited motif in video games, huh? I see this a lot. But it's cool, too, because... I think he's so skilled must point out like the games that savor about the earth in like different ways. Like Harvest Moon Sturdy Valley is kind of one example, but like my one of my favorite examples in the entire piece is when he talks about like that game company's like trilogy of games. And like I love about it, right? Which is like them making games about like Earth is kind of like elemental wonders, I think is like the exact phrase he uses in like you're not necessarily saving the world in the same kind of traditional ways you are in like resistance or gears of war basically every video game. You're just almost marveling at the Earth, right? Like, the exact quote is like, Earth is still astounding, even on a cellular level. Flower made you the wind, letting you carry petals over rolling plains towards the horizon or through urban sprawl. Genova Chin's purpose with the game's simple design was to make it easy to have an emotional response to nature's wonder, or in some spots, lack thereof. And it's like, it's like A, very good writing, but B is just like... Yes. He, that's a flex yeah and the, like the whole like he <laughs> does the same thing for like flow and his thing for journey and it's like him just being like but also like there are other games that do it in like really cool ways too where it's not necessarily save in the same way but like 
I love hearing him talk about like that trilogy of games and how like what that did and like then to then hard juxtaposition and like cut to hey you know uh, give us a warning resistance are out here just whiling about the earth and it's like so fucking good and like then he'll have his whole thing on like Mass Effect and like also all of the subheadings he uses for this piece are like so pitch perfect and so on point and like we defend Earthmer self we defend Earthmer haters like they're all very funny and like I think why I like the piece why i pushed the piece to be on the list and why like i've still fought for it to kind of get its due for jared is that like it's really good like it's the thing like we make a lot of jokes about it i think among like our like best of like slack channel everything out but it's like the piece is really good and like it's such a different jared piece than i think most of his stuff that like mm-hmm. i think for a writer with such a breadth of writing ability and talent and skill and craftsmanship like I want as many different things of his on that best of list, right? Where it's like, cause I, th- and I think it's interesting too, where I think all four of the, I think all five of us, I guess, cause Yusuf as well, who are on the list are incredibly talented writers and storytellers that can do it in many different ways. Um, Yusuf only had the one feature on there. And then I think me and George kind of have the style of piece that we kind of write typically are on there. And then we don't necessarily have other things we kind of, experiment writing wise on there and then you and jared the two have many different styles reflected on the list and jared in particular i think you get such a breadth of his ability right from like something like the house mark piece which i adore which is like literally in the run for you and like one of my very favorite things i've ever read like games critic wise mm-hmm. i think it's phenomenal and like it's like that's like peak Jared's yeah right and like style, so like artsy and like mythological infused and everything and then you get something like this where it's like the complete opposite end of the spectrum so how like clearly he can dominate each method uh i was very much like you have to show how talented you are at writing because you're very talented at it and like having something that is so goofy but also is still so well written and still has like such great lines in it like the the that game company stuff like seemed only like natural to me yeah i to give a little history here because you know most people probably don't most normal people probably don't know uh, like Irrational Passion been around for nine years, a long time. Like there's been <laughs> kind of like two eras of of people coming in and writing for the site. There's mm-hmm. the the one we're kind of in now, and then there was an era with a very different staff in mm-hmm. 2014 and 2013. Uh, and this is from that era. Like Jared has is like the only staff member that's still around from that era, uh, except for me. But I'm also just like. I've been around since I was 17, so this is my life now, I guess. Um, but I like that this is the one piece, I think, that also is reflective of that era. Yes. Um, you know, it has macro images in it. It is, like, very 2014. Mm-hmm. It is very much, like, I think a great piece, but also, like, written and, and previewed and shown in a way that is, like, trying to get your attention, trying to get you to read and, and check mm-hmm. out Irrational Passions. Uh, it's So it is, like, this one thing from like a whole other part of rational passions history so it's like it has a special place in my heart for sure uh and also like jared wrote very different things in that time and i'm yes. happy enough to have been like part in editing and helping him with them mm-hmm. uh hopefully i helped um and That's... this is i think part of like the culmination of that era of like him yes. building up to stuff like kind of funny like move at a good clip pieces like this and that would then go on to be how he writes now, but even better and more mm-hmm. matured and more understanding of 
of like the different kinds of styles you can use and, and going back and forth between them. So this is like really reflective of how he would go as a writer. And I think that's really cool. I think for me too, right? Like when we first started talking about the best list, when we kind of first like redesigned the website right before extra life 2017, that's how long this has been. Right. So it's like been since October, basically November of 2017 to now or in August when we're recording this and they're going live. And it ha- so it's been nearly two years and right. And like, a big point when we first flipped over the site, like it was Jared who originally brought up the idea. Jared is the the genesis of all of this, so you can either blame him or cheer him on. Where he was like, "We should have a best of page, right?" And like, I think part of the thing for me in championing that idea, loving that idea, um, and running with it was that I'm somebody who, like, I think next to you has like the like most love and like most wants to i think kind of champion the history of rational passions part of that is because i had to manually upload every review ever written on the site so they, that made me kind of have an appreciation for it not, not alone to be clear uh, no not, not at all not at all you and jared i mean you and george were also there absolutely but like part mm-hmm. of that like that so getting to like see like all these reviews from like way before um i was on just like joseph fate reviews yeah. Like the, OG the, Alex O'Neill reviews. Infamous Gone Home Review, the last review, which I still stand by, is like a really great review. Um, yeah, I think that was like one of the first ones I found in my style. Mm, you know? Yeah, I agree to that. I agree to that. And like, I think cause it's that thing, like, to your point, Jared is the is the link to that, that first era of IEP, right? And me and George were kind of the inauguration, the kickstart to the second era. Um, that we're either in now or now we might even be in a third era, honestly. Like maybe, yeah, that's such a good point. We we could also I'm thinking about we could be in a fourth era if you include sure. the first one being like Joseph Fate and I being the only people writing on the site and that's stuff like that. Definitely true, right? And so like I I have somebody who like I wanted to. It's also like almost been ten years. <laughs> <laughs> just just yeah. think about yeah, think about like, how I feel about that. <laughs> and so like I, but like I've always wanted to like bridge that and like champion that part of IP, right? Because like it's it's an era that I think most people who are aware and listen and read Rash Passions now, I don't think really consumed that content in the same way they did like before twenty sixteen, right? When like editorial really kind of relaunched in some way. And so, like, I've always been, like, I want more, like, of, like, these histories of things. And, right, and, like, one of my favorite videos, this is something that I guarantee you don't know. One of my favorite videos on a Rash Passions YouTube page right now that I still have saved and, like, my either, like, favorites Here or watch later thing. Be rough for me. It's not a Let's Play video, like you might think, or anything like that. It's the, the History of Rational Passions video that you did. Like, right before, oh, I think it was yeah. right before Alex Greg talks. came on, right after, yeah. And that Alex talks. Like, when I first, this is a true story, when I first got brought on to IP, I immediately went to the YouTube page and like checked out your videos and stuff. And I found that and was like, perfect. Give me the whole run of the history of our rush passions. I need it. I need to know what to do. Like what, what I've missed out on everything. And I watched that and I watched it multiple times being like, all right, cool. I'm getting everything I like, need to know everything I should learn about the history of IP. Right. And so like fast forward all these years later and I still have it there. Right. Like I don't watch it all the time anymore. Um, I might watch it after this now, but like it's <laughs> it's that thing of like I've like from the minute I came on, I was like I wanted to know the history of this thing that I was a part of, right? Like I I've always been somebody who like championed the idea of like being something like being a part of something that's bigger than you, right? And like collectively helping make that like thing rise up a little bit. And so this being kind of that that piece from that era, I think also helped play it into why we picked this piece over potential other pieces as well, right? It is that kind of bridge to 
that first editorial error in some way. Yeah. It's cool. It's a, it is a fun, funny piece that makes you, makes you laugh. It'll give you a good chuckle. Makes you laugh. Makes you feel good. Um, Yeah. Makes you think too, a little bit of like, well, you know, maybe I care about earth more than I thought because I have fought for earth in probably all video games. Yeah. Fought and died for this planet again and again and again. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of cool. That's uh that is what part of what unites most people who play video games. You're fighting for for Earth. Earth and Earth is pretty badass, as Terry puts it. I agree. I respect it. I agree. I agree too. Uh I think that's that's gonna be a wrap. Yes, it's very good. Everybody read this piece, listen to Jared's melodic voice soothe you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, subscribe, Irrational Passions Presents. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out the other best of reads. You can see it all all of our what we find to be our favorite pieces in the history of Irrational Passions at irrationalpassions.com forward slash best of. Mm-hmm. That's it. Go there, check it out, listen to all the conversations we had about these pieces, all the reflections we had about them. Uh, and uh, have a good day. 